You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Friday is here at last. And as always, we have you covered with another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast, your daily bite-sized podcast over here at the Locked On Podcast Network, giving you the best news, the best insight, and coverage of all things orange and blue related. I am your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the Denver Broncos and the rest of the NFL. You guys can also check out my work over at the fan side of networks, predominantly orange. Com. Daily content over there from a great staff of writers and content creators, predominantlyorange.com. Today's episode of the show is a big day. It's Fan Friday. We're giving back to Broncos country as always. This is our first ever reboot of Fan Friday and what that means going forward. We have one guest today from Broncos country here on the show. It was a long interview, a very, very good interview as well, being that we're in the United States and our guest is all the way over in Dublin, Ireland. But next week on Friday's episode of Fan Friday, guess what we have in store? We're going to have three Broncos interviews from three different Broncos fans all across the world. That's the big plan for it on Fan Friday, getting fans on here to be able to talk about their love for the Broncos and obviously analyze some of the biggest storylines that the team is undergoing currently. So big, big episode in store for you guys here today. Segment number one of today's show, we're going to hear from Case Keenum. We're going to take a little bit of a glance inside from the Sports Spectrum podcast. Case Keenum and his wife Kimberly appeared on there and Case Keenum kind of shed a little bit of light on what it felt like hearing that the Broncos had traded for Joe Flacco. Now Case Keenum is still under contract with the Broncos. It is expected that the Broncos will look to trade him, but Keenum offers a little bit of insight on what the move felt like for him, for his family, and what's next for them and their journey. We're going to hear a little bit of a snippet from that, analyze that, and then segments two and three, we're going to hear from a man, Colm Cronin, over there in Dublin, Ireland, of Broncos Europe. Check him out on Twitter at BroncosEUR. Check out BroncosEurope.com for as well just to get some good insight to connect with Broncos fans all across the globe. It's a, it's definitely spectacular. So if you want to be on Fan Friday next week, we got my man Patrick Coyote. We got Nathan Stripling as well. We got some other Broncos fans on there. If you want to be on the show, Tylen Lampkin, just reach out at Cody York NFL. Let us know. Hey, I want to be on Fan Friday. Would love to get you guys on and we'll talk as well. So diving right into it, let's take a look at what Case Keenum had to say on the Sports Spectrum podcast regarding his reaction when the Broncos had traded for Joe Flacco. There's already news out there that the Broncos are looking to acquire or going to acquire Joe Flacco as a quarterback. Um, I'm just wondering what your reaction was when you saw the news that the, that this had took place or is going to take place. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, Elway called me that morning and, uh, you know, we had a great conversation. So, um, you know, which he didn't have to do. And uh, I appreciated that. Um, you know, I was definitely I was definitely shocked. It was it was a surprise for us. Um you know, and I, th- I think probably for the first, you know, day or so, that's kind of what it was. But, uh, um, you know, for us, we're definitely disappointed. It's not something we wanted uh, wanted to happen. I know that, uh, you know, everybody's doing their job, and, and John feels like that was a, a chance for him to, to help the Broncos out. So for us, um, you know, it's uh, it's another chapter in our lives, and, and, and we're going to, you know, we're going to roll with it. You know, we're going to approach this like I do everything in my entire life. And, you uh, 
you know that it's you know it's not by accident this has happened and uh you know it's just another another chapter and another another uh you know opportunity to overcome um you know some you know some adversity in my life so um you know i know uh my time with the broncos has been really special i've enjoyed every second of it uh i've absolutely been so proud to wake up every day and to walk into that building and to to call myself to to represent the Broncos as as their quarterback. So I know the tradition in history um, that the, the Broncos have at quarterback, especially. Um, and uh, it was an honor. It was an honor to uh, you know to uh, to represent represent them. And um, you know, I, I really it's it's really open ended right now. We don't know what's going to happen. There's still a lot up in the air. This is very fresh. Mm. So. Um, you know, a lot of these motions that we're talking about are still still kind of going on. I get that he's a professional athlete, but, you know, one thing I've always applauded about Case Keenum is how honest and open he is and just humble. I mean, he speaks with humility. And obviously for a situation like this, to find out that the team that you play for, that you were the starting quarterback for, they go out and they trade for a quarterback, which more than likely signals the end of your career after one season in that organization I mean, his response was was pretty dignified. I mean, he had a, a very humble response. You know, mentioned that he thanked and appreciated the fact that John Elway called him and told him. A lot of times in a business, we see it with other NFL franchises where teams will make a move for a quarterback. They won't even call and let the other quarterback know. So, I, you know, I think that that's a good move on John Elway. And, you know, I think Case Keenum will land on his feet somewhere. But, you know, the biggest thing with Case is, I think overcoming the shadow of 2017, the you know the the year he had was phenomenal. I mean, he was a legitimate MVP candidate in the year 2017. He follows it up in 2018 with a below average season or an average season, not a great season. But you know how much of that can we really attest to the coaching that was there, the the coaches, the offensive system? How much of that can we really attest to that combined with Case Keenum's struggles? Case Keenum, I, I've been a very vocal guy about this. I'm not the only guy. Case Keenum, his struggles in 2018 were really predicated off of the offense not being made to fit his style of quarterbacking. Case Keenum is more effective on the run, in the boot, play action, throwing on the run. We saw that. He had a lot of success there. He had a worse offensive line in Minnesota and thrived off the play action and on the bootleg. In Denver, it was more so, okay, you got to drop from under center. You got to take a five step drop. You got to work in the shotgun sometimes, which I think drop, you know, playing in the shotgun is a little bit different than taking a five step drop. Taking a five step drop, in my opinion, as a quarterback and being able to go through all your reads and progressions is harder than being in shotgun or pistol or, you know, if you're under center and you're doing play action, it's easier because you're rolling out and, and all the routes are designed to be on the, the aim point of where you're rolling out. There's levels to it. You're attacking different levels in that defensive system with your route running. So Case Keenum, you know, the strengths of his style as a quarterback weren't really played to in 2018. Is that all his fault? No, there's some things he does have to improve on. I think pocket awareness is a big thing for Case. One of the other things that I also think he has to improve on is not holding the ball too long. That was one of the biggest things. But in a system where you're going through all these reads and progressions, which, you know, if you go back, there's certain plays and certain series throughout the film in 2018 where he had great series, he had great drives, great reads, great progressions, great footwork, great follow through. 
but it was just inconsistencies and, and really the off start to throwing as many interceptions as he did at the first half of the season. He limited it towards the middle part and then he threw quite a few in the last couple of games of the regular season and he just didn't have a lot of performance, didn't really have a lot of confidence, but very humble. He came into every interview, said he needed to play better, which I'm sorry, you don't get that from that number seven guy down there in Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger. You don't get him coming out and saying, look, I got to play better. Every single game that I watched every press conference, asked questions as well, Case Keenum was very, very open and very self-reflective and was very open about, I have to play better. I'm the quarterback. I have to do a better job of getting my guys in a position to succeed. I got to, you know, fix some placement on my on my throws to the receivers. I got to do more as a leader to win. You heard that from him. And that's one thing I'll always have respect for Case Keenum for. But more than likely with Joe Flacco here, this draws the end of the Case Keenum era in Denver. And, you know, I like I said, I would have been very eager to see what it could have looked like for Case Keenum under Rich Scangerillo's offensive system. That was one thing, in my opinion, I really wanted to see with Case Keenum because I don't feel as if we all got the right preview of what Case Keenum can do as a quarterback under Bill Musgrave's system. We all thought Bill Musgrave's system was going to be very, very effective, and unfortunately, it wasn't for the Broncos. So that's kind of my only uh, you know, nitpick I have with the Broncos going with Joe Flacco. I get the move. It's the best win now move. Joe Flacco is a more solidified quarterback. He's an upgrade at the position over Case Keenum. Rest, you know, assuredly, absolutely. But the, the fact is, I still feel as if Case Keenum didn't get the proper chance in Denver. And that's going to be something that I'm going to look at all of 2018 and 2019, this upcoming season. And wherever Case Keenum goes, I mean, I'm sure there's an NFL team out there that can use his services. So that's something to keep an eye on as we move forward. But coming up here in segments two and three, we're going to get into our fan segment, Fan Friday. Like I said, every Friday, Broncos Country, we're having Broncos Country members here on the podcast to talk about their fandom, talk about current topics of the team. But we've got a very special episode coming up here in segment two with Colm Cronin over there in Dublin, Oregon, part of Broncos Europe, a great site, broncoseurope.com, also on Twitter, at broncoseur. We talk about what it's like being a fan over there in Dublin compared to the States, the the moments, the, the highlights of Colum's experience as a Broncos fan. It gives you a different perspective, and he also gives you great advice on where to go if you're going to Dublin to watch sports. If you're ever there, they got the the cheat sheet for all of you guys in Broncos country. Got a couple Broncos fans that I interact with all the time that have actually made those trips to Dublin to the wool shed, and we're going to hear more about that coming up right now. Fan Friday is massive, and as you guys all know, Broncos country is everywhere, and today I'm very blessed to have somebody who's also Irish. I love it. We're joined, He's being joined from Ireland. Please welcome everybody, Colm Cronin, to the Lockdown Broncos podcast for Fan Friday. Colm, how are you, my man? I'm not too shabby at all, Cody. Uh, delighted to, to join you uh, from Dublin, uh, seven hours ahead of you over here, uh, but uh, really, really happy to, to get to chat to uh, Broncos uh, fan uh, stateside. I mean, as you said, Broncos country is all over the world, you know? It's very awesome. And and definitely, I, I know we were talking a little bit before we got into this interview here, just kind of about the different, the the culture in terms of being a Broncos fan over in Ireland. It, it's just, a, it's a worldwide thing. But, you know, I think first and foremost, to get fans on Fan Friday, a little bit of an insight, you know, so call them, kind of walk me through how long you've been a Broncos fan and what really led to you becoming a fan of everything. Thing orange and blue um i've been a fan for um 
almost 30 years. Um, the I remember th it'll be this year really. Um, the the first th season I can really remember was the '89 season, and so at the time we used to get NFL highlights uh, on a on a Monday night, um, and uh, they they were right after uh, the Italian soccer league, um, and I just saw this guy wearing number seven in this wonderful orange shirt who was buzzing about the place and I fell in love and I went on that that roller coaster um, journey and I remember I was I was really young but um, my mother agreed uh, I could stay up to watch the, the Super Bowl and that was the first sporting event I cried over as the 49ers put a, a proper beat down on us um, but uh, the, the the love remained and uh, it has been it has been a wild ride over the last 30 years. It really has. You know, going all the way back then, 1989, and, you know, just the ups and downs, the Super Bowl losses. The moment that the Broncos first won that Super Bowl against the Green Bay Packers, what was that feeling like? Because it was the first ever in franchise history, and I'm sure for you, that was a very surreal moment. I know it was for a lot of Broncos fans, but how was it for you, especially being a fan, becoming a fan of John Elway and the Broncos, seeing them go to Super Bowls and lose and just to get so close, but then the moment they finally did it. I mean, that was uh, that. That's amazing. What was your thoughts on that? Oh, it was it was, it was really special. Um, I suppose I, I was obviously uh, that little bit older, so better understanding of the game at that point. Um, and it was it, that. I mean, look, we, we all know, but the helicopter play was when you knew. Oh my God, we're actually going to win this thing. There was that moment that you, that all doubt went. It, it, you just knew nothing is stopping us. We are, we are, we've got glory here. Um, and I, I mean, kind of walking on air afterwards, um, just absolutely buzzing. And uh, at that time, uh, NFL wasn't so big here, so there wasn't a, a huge number of people to kind of share my joy with at that time. That has subsequently changed. Changed, um, but but personally, I was I was absolutely thrilled. So we talk about obviously that Super Bowl, the big winner of the Packers. They went it back to back. They beat the Atlanta Falcons the next year. You mentioned how football really wasn't as popular as it is now. So let's fast forward to a more recent time in 2015 when the Broncos beat the Carolina Panthers. What was the celebration like in Ireland? Um, it was um, for that. I I was watching that game in the Woolshed, uh, which is where I watch most most Broncos games. Um, now for for us, um, the Super Bowl doesn't start here until about midnight, and so it's it's a late one. Uh, but the 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 pub was absolutely packed, and um, I would say there were there were more Panthers fans there than Broncos fans. We had a, a little uh, cohort. Um, in in a booth, and uh, we were we were delighted. But I mean, you had you saw jerseys of every single NFL team there that night, and uh, I think um, I, I mean afterwards, although there might have been more Panthers fans, um, I think everyone was delighted to to see um, PFM get uh, get another Super Bowl ring, and uh, it was it was, I mean the the coverage the you know the aftermath it was so much bigger than it had been in uh, in. 97, 98. That's very, very special to be part of. So let me ask you guys a question. I mean, you get there at the wool shed, 
in in Dublin every single game. What is the best appetizer, meal, lunch, whatever it may be, and beverage that you use on game days? What is it that you guys love the most? Oh, uh, the the Wolchev has has wings to die for, Cody. You got to come try them. It's it's the blue cheese dip that makes them so special. The Wolchev has there. I've never had blue cheese dip like it. It is absolutely top notch quality. It's probably because our our dairy products are so good in Ireland. But uh, yeah, that 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 is that's my my go to uh, those uh, those chicken wings. That sounds good, especially the, I'm sure. Did you guys have that for the Super Bowl? Oh, we we had tons tons of tons and tons of wings. Yeah. So let me see. Uh, you know, going through recent memory, obviously 2015 for the Broncos was a magical year. I mean, if you look at the season in accumulation, the Broncos defense playing phenomenal, arguably one of the best defenses of all time. Peyton Manning really kind of struggling through that year, but more importantly, he played well enough to manage the game for the Broncos to go on and win the Super Bowl. I I just go back to 2015 and I remember, man, I, I couldn't remember an exact story book ending. I mean, Hollywood couldn't have written a better script for how that Broncos season had ended. Now, unfortunately, following the 2015 season, we've endured a little bit of a struggle. 2016, you go 9-7. and 7. 2017 and 2018, you go a combined 11-21 and 21 during the Vance Joseph culture, which was definitely frustrating. But with all the biggest news surrounding the Joe Flacco trade, Brandon Marshall being released, obviously the new head coach and Vic Fangio. What has you the most excited about 2019? One the most exciting thing, look, it's it for me, Philip Lindsay, the kid is he is incredible. He is a special, special player. And now that he's got his teeth into the league, I think next year he's he's gonna be even better. Um I, I, I think he he'll go he'll go above fifteen hundred next year. Um I'm I'm absolutely certain of that and uh, we I mean, I, I think we used him almost too sparingly at the beginning of uh, of last season, and obviously he had the the ejection against the Ravens. Um, but he, my God, did he learn from that? So for me, I I think he is our our real like our, you know our, our our magic bullet as such because he's really what's going to carry us uh, offensively. I feel so. I I think we need to build around him. I absolutely agree. He's very bouncy, very fun to watch. He's fun to watch in training camp. I remember when I was standing there on the sideline and, and watching this guy wearing the number two jersey in practice get in with the first team and, and all of a sudden he's going against Domata Pekka. He's going against Derek Wolf. He's bouncing through and, and bursting off big runs five to six yards a pop and I'm thinking who? Okay, this is that, you know, Philip Lindsay, you know, he was a long shot at the beginning when he made it undrafted to the Broncos. Or, you know, we're like, okay, the best bet for him to make the team is, you know, as a kick return, punt returner. But he came in right away and absolutely blew the minds of the coaching staff, blew the minds of the Broncos players. I think that's a great, great pick and great prediction for 2019. I think he's going to have a great year. The last question I want to leave you here, Colm, what jerseys do you own for the Broncos? Oh, I've... uh quite an array um, so I have a, an Ed, I have an old Ed McCaffrey shirt that uh, that uh, I, I still uh, I still like and uh, I have um, obviously a, a number seven um, you know um, and I have a salute to service Von Miller and 
and I picked up, I went to uh, the game against the Steelers uh, last uh, November. Um, I usually make a, a pilgrimage to, to Mile High once, once a season and I got to say one of the special things is tailgating because that is a little bit different. We don't have tailgating in Ireland. We have a pub culture um, and tailgating is, is so much, uh, such good crack, uh, as we would say in Ireland. So crack is, is uh, an Irish word. It means fun. It's spelled C-R-A-I-C. So it's different from maybe the crack people are used to. But um, re- really, really good crack. Met some wonderful people, always have. Um, so I, I acquired a, a Philip Lindsay jersey uh, when I was over the last time. So uh, yeah, I got a, a bit of a collection there. Well, awesome. Well, I plan on adding to your collection, my man, because I will be sending you a Chris Harris Jr. jersey to add to your collection, my friend. I want to thank you for joining us here for the first ever actual Fan Friday edition of Locked On Broncos. We're going to have fans from all over Broncos country here on the show. A special day dedicated to Broncos fans every single Friday during the offseason. If you're ever interested in being part of Fan Friday, just reach out to me on Twitter at Cody York NFL. But in the meantime, I encourage all of Broncos country to go to BroncosEurope.com to get together with other Broncos fans from all over the world and be sure to follow them on Twitter at BroncosEUR on Twitter. Very, very special shout out. Colm, thank you so much, my man, for joining us for Five Friday. Thank you. Thank you, Cody. And yeah, it is. It, I mean, we, we would love to welcome you uh, to Dublin. So get yourself over here. But anyone who wants to come watch a game with us, please get in touch. Give us a shout. We love meeting people from all over the world. And uh, we'd be delighted to, to welcome you and give you a proper Irish welcome. Absolutely. I am going to research it, book my ticket at one point. Guess what? We're going to make it happen. And obviously this summer, if you guys are down from Ireland for training camp preseason or a regular season game, you mentioned you make the trek over once a year. Let me know. Can't wait to meet up. We'll have a great time. Brilliant. Brilliant. Sounds fantastic.